Don't know. It's a motherfucking footnote, y'all. My name is Jesse Drammer. You, you are on the side quest to the I Hate Infinite Jest podcast. This is footnote number two, where we take a look at the smaller works of David Foster Wallace. And by the smaller works of David Foster Wallace, I mean 500,000 words or less. Today, we are looking at uh, Consider the Lobster, written for Gourmet Magazine 2004, where he went to the main lobster festival the 56th annual Maine Lobster Festival, and he had a few things to say about lobsters and tourism and uh, stuff. You know that David Foster Wallace, always talking about stuff. My guest this week, he is the host of the Nerds with Words podcast, the only host of the Nerds with Words podcast. Whatever. And one of the heads of the Drop Tent Media Empire that we're all hearing about these days. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Mr. Neil Wood, your friend of mine, Neil Wood. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Good to meet you. Good to see you, Jesse Bammies. Good to see you, too. It is a little weird that I, I see you in person so much, even through yeah. the COVID thing. And this is right. the second time this week I've seen you. I know. This. Especially you so laissez-faire. Again, I love the, the intellectual weightlifting you do while just at home laying down. Look at you. Just yeah. working those brain cells, which I had to do when reading this. Oh, really? Okay. Well, no, I mean, in the way of just like, I'm like, who let this happen? <laughs> just, just like, why, what? Like, he's purposely like, this isn't going to happen, so it's fine. And, he just, right. and then it got out anyway. Well, I mean, hey, that's, I'll be honest, after reading some of his works, this, this is pretty high up there. I did. It. No, no, yeah, it was good. Okay. But uh, so before we get into Consider the Lobster, if you could give us anything, um, what, what are your plugs? What do you got to plug? Where do oh, you find you? What's your handles? Sure, depending on when this comes out, obviously there's nothing. I'm, I'll, I, uh, I'm, pu- I'm putting it up tonight. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll be at Jackson Inn tonight uh, in Delaware. Uh, so you can go check that out. Yeah, I think it's just Jackson Inn on Facebook. Go, go check there. Wilmington. Wilmington, Delaware. Yes, of course. So if you're around there, come on abouts. If there's even space left, no one knows because I think there's only so much space. Um, other than that, just check out everything on the Drop Time Media Network and uh, Nerds with Words. Um, we're probably not looking for shows until August. So maybe some live shows and things like that coming out then. Um, other than that, man, that's, I mean, yeah, that's probably <laughs> where, where can we find you on social media? Oh, sure. Just either I am Neil Wood, uh, really simple, or Neil Wood Comedy. So either one of those, just type those in, and you'll see all the thingies. There you go. Okay. So uh, we actually talked about this. I was on Nerds of Words last week, and we talked about how most of my friends are not really readers, which you took a bit of offense to. Well, so, I'm just, yeah. When did, when did you learn how to read? Because this is new to You me. know what? It's recent, and I'm just, I, you know what? And I like to make mm-hmm. sure people know that I do goods. You know what I mean? And uh, no, but I, you know what? I would say, though, especially over quarantine, I probably haven't done as much. I definitely, I set myself out for like, oh, I'm reading three books at the same time, like an asshole. And then I finally like compromise and get through one and then I have to go into it. But I'll always have like, I'm, you know, uh, currently reading uh, The Most Evil People Ever, uh, I think is the name of it, or just The Most Notorious People Ever, just like Caligula. And all. I read also very boring stuff, as Jesse uh, has known. I will just read, you know, just like uh, The New I, York I, Times, like uh, Smarter by Sunday. So it's just like mm-hmm. t- dry. So this is perfect. This is just like, oh, oh, I love this, but it's not yeah. factual. Well, it's factual, but you know what I mean. Right. Well, that's what I noticed is that you're actually, you're really not a big reader of fiction. 
So this actually goes kind of right down the line. I, I, I feel like a stupid person and I have shame. So at any moment, if I'm dilly-dallying, I feel like you're just not letting yourself get smarter. So you're stupid. Okay. And you need to get smarter at all times. You, unfortunately, have attained intelligence through just genetics. And I have to work for it, I think, is what we've... I mean, I think I had to put a little bit of work in. You know, you know my baser instincts are to drink. No, no, you... I yeah. should be drinking Budweiser and listening to Kid Rock well, right now. That's well, I, would, yes. I, I took the road less traveled. Well, see, now I don't think the I think those genes are always there. I think everyone around you and your upbringing were always mm. dampening their intelligence. Right. <laughs> While your father was like clearly an intelligent man who just couldn't handle his booze and, <laughs> and yeah. pills. Yeah, you know no, he, I mean? was, he was a very intelligent man, but he decided like, you know, why would I go to college and get laid and make a bunch of money when I can stay in my hometown and fight people for 30 years and die at 46? You know what? And those are the choices, like the days of our lives. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a good... All right. So let's get like into this. sand story. through an hourglass. These are the days <laughs> of our lives. So again, Gourmet Magazine 2004, yep. the 56th annual Maine Lobster Festival. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to read some summaries. Uh, I'll stop and ask you something every now and again, or interrupt if you have anything to say, if you have a, a note there. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 80,000 total in paid attendance. David Foster Wallace is attending with his girlfriend and both his parents, like a nerd. Yeah. Uh, footnote two informs us that all his travels companions have made it clear to him from the beginning they do not want to be talked about in the article. Mm. Should also be noted, even in a seven-page article, David Foster Wilder ha Wallace has 20 footnotes. Yep. Now I've yep. gotten I've gotten used to this. How do you feel about all the footnotes? I have so ah, man, I guess you know what. And even from my college days, I thought they were gonna be. I forgot that footnotes just means like oh, it's just something else that they wanted to throw in. It's not like citations. Like it's not right. like oh, there's like important things you need to know for the context of this. He's more just like no, I want to plug some shit in here, and I need to, like because some of it isn't. I mean, it's it, he goes with like deeper into the topic. But it also has no bearing. I mean, it has some bearing, but not tons of bearing. On he's just like, nah, it's you know what I mean. I just let me just jab a little fucking jab in here and I fucking put that in there. You know, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Did that did that feel true to you? I don't know. I all the footnotes though. I kind of did go. All right, man. I guess you know you seem angry. I think you're angry, <laughs> and you just want to work in another little thing here. You know, mm -hmm. um, it always feels like all his footnotes are what Twitter is. And then the whole article is more like a Facebook post. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Um, so it, just from infinite jest where a lot of the footnotes really are just dumb. garbage. They're, they're, yeah. they're pointless. They're, they're not yeah. there for any reason. And every, and every now and again, there will be an 18 page footnote. That's just a conversation between people. Um, I will say that unlike infinite jest, some of the best parts of this article are in the footnotes. And like the the little screed he goes mm -hmm. on about tourism, right? It, it, that is far enough removed from the main topic that I think it does actually read well, being a longer footnote. But we'll we'll get back to that in a minute because that one I actually have a bit uh, I would like to discuss. Yeah, I think that's like six, right? It's like the sixth footnote or something. Right. I, I think yes, there. I do have the one number. So he starts just detailing lobsters themselves, their crustaceans, their arthropods. Basically, giant sea in insects that date back to the Jurassic. Yep, yep. yep. Great line. <laughs> All right, good. No, that's okay. Get, get your Jurassic Park thing in. Like, that's so cool. I love it. I love it. Now that when wow. I eat them, dude, it's going to be fucking delightful when I oh, eat them. Oh, that's so good. Uh, great line here. Biologically, so much older than no, mammals. No, you're stalling on my end. What? 
You were stalling. Sorry. Computer caught up. You're good. Go ahead. Oh, uh, okay. Hit it. Uh, great line. Biologically so much older than mammals, they might as well be from another planet. That actually yep. comes in later. Uh, drops the hint, also important later, their absence of a centralized brain-slash-spine assembly, which, again, will become important. Garbage men of the sea, eaters of dead stuff, and occasional cannibals, if the situation should call for it. Which brings me to my first question. What is an appropriate situation in which you think cannibalism would be the proper choice? An inappropriate or an appropriate? An appro- well, you know what? Give us the inappropriate and then the one thing that pushes you over. Give us, well, the, give, give us cannibalism on the fence and what's right. the one thing that gets you over, over the hump? So, I mean, I, well, actually, the, you see this in most cannibal cases. This isn't even like a weird in, – in, really, in, in reality, um, you will see this in most cannibal cases, except for the Donner Party. There's one a guy who survived that it seemed as if he – he went a little. He went a little ham to use a, another. <laughs> but he went a little like he. They found him in a cabin, and he tried to like steal the wealth and like silver. He had hidden it from mm. this one family, and also said that oh, she came in from the cold, was too wet, and then just died. And then I ate her. But he was like super pumped that he got to eat like most of the people that were in this cabin. Mm. So there's kind I, mean, of- I, can, I can relate to the guy. Can you imagine being forced into cannibalism and then realizing like, oh shit, I'm I'm pretty good at being cannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you and never that, expect it. Right. And famously there was an Australian guy who got trapped in the bush with like two other three other guys and just unfortunately the series of events, he comes out, lives by eating the other guys, unfortunately, like, comes out of it. Um and like a couple years later he ends up going back into the bush with like three other guys and then claims the same thing happened (laughs) just my luck (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. it's the the same thing happens he ends up being like brought up and actually like committed to a crime like for that Uh so he ends up being brought up on a crime for that one but like i love the idea of just like yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know how, how this happened twice. It's crazy. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy, man. Uh, did I leave anything behind? Like, so I feel like the there's no, I mean, the appropriate time is like, you know, alive and, you know, the what was that, the Brazilian or South American team that was trapped. Like, those are appropriate moments where it sucks. It goes through mm-hmm. the Donner Party, um, although they were kind of stupid. Uh, how they got into uh, yeah, it? Yeah, you know, but it, it, should, it should always be a last resort like you know if you if you lose the map it shouldn't be like okay maybe we should wait till nightfall go by the stars where we can start eating each other now get a head start yeah no there's multiple times where apparently they uh they definitely actually had they there's a one point where they meet a couple of native american indians on the the path but they've already hacked up somebody and they're carrying them in their packs but the indians then give them food but they still keep like so there's multiple moments there where they just like resort because they're so tired. They're so, so mm. I feel like the line there is, which has to be a fucking hilarious moment, Jesse. Imagine you just hacked me up. I'm in, you're wearing me as a backpack with my arms over your foot. Like, and, and you, have, you, have long, your fucking you have long legs. Through. Oh yeah. Just, just like this, like jumping through. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Right. And then you just hear just like, Hey, what, uh, do you need assistance? Like, you know, like, and then you're like, ah, yeah, corn. I love corn. Let's just do that. <laughs> Don't look at my backpack. Don't look at my backpack. It's fine. You're like putting it in my mouth to like save it for later. Oh God. Okay. Anyway, uh, continue. No, no, you're doing good. I, I have nothing to add. That's just funny. Um, so back to the thing. Uh, we only think of lobster as a delicacy now, but up until the 1800s, they were low class food for the mm-hmm. poor and institutionalized. Quote. 
Even in the harsh penal environment of early America, some colonies had laws against feeding lobsters to inmates more than once a week because it was thought to be cruel and unusual, like making people eat rats. But due to its plentifulness, yeah, its plentifulness and protein level, it could be considered chewable fuel. Now that it is considered a delicacy, a new project of the, uh, uh, though a new project of the, sorry, I put the uh, fucking wrong beats there. Now it is considered a delicacy, though a new project of the Maine Lobster Festival is to remove that distinguishment. It's emphasized that you can get a quarter pound lobster, four ounce butter, chips, and roll for 12 bucks, only slightly more expensive than McDonald's. It is also emphasized that lobster has fewer calories, cholesterol, and less saturated fat than chicken, though DFW points out in a footnote that the lobster folk tend to ignore that the standard side of melted butter right. easily disqualifies any and all of the natural health benefits. Makes no sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's ridiculous. That's why, that's why people in Maine are chubby. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been to Maine. I will take your word for it. Chub they're, monsters. They're fat it's on odd. lobster. They're delightful. All right. uh, footnote number six might be my favorite part of the thing. Right. So um, he talks about tourism. Now, DFW seems to be eternally tortured by paradoxes. I agree. I agree so much with yeah. this footnote. <laughs> you know me. I'm very right. bad, and I agree with this. Mm. Well, see, this is something the writer has said before. He's, he seems to be – he's very fascinated with paradoxes involving experience. Uh, mm. the, the other thing of his that he wrote that I really enjoyed is called Mary Austin Broke My Heart, which is about uh, – it was pretty much a, a review of an autobiography of a tennis player. And so the entire paradox he comes across in that is we, the layman, buy these books because we want to know what it's like to be inside the mind of somebody who, who right. competes at that high a level, who has to have all the pressure you talking about them. Yeah, 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 right. But the paradox being that for you to be that great – you have to have such little self-insight and not examine yourself constantly right. that you're kind of on autopilot and you can't right. even really tell us what it's like. Michael Jordan's book, like, Michael, like the book about Michael Jordan, you know, of course, like very frank and stuff like that. But you, you have a thing of like, oh, well, I could never be that in terms of that mindset. Because again, well, yeah, it, it has to deal with the, the nature of experience at its very core, if you think about it. Like, I'm, I'm sure astronauts have to push out of their brain. I'm in space right now. I'm in space right now. I'm in space right now. If they're outside right. doing a spacewalk, you can't just mm -hmm. be constantly terrified uh, yeah. and try to operate correctly. So interesting very interesting no i agree with everything in it because you know how much like there is something innate in me to really i don't know where it comes from too because i would say that my family very loving in a lot of ways i mean harsh most times but yeah. like loving but like you know but consuming of all the american things that we like but for some reason i i guess maybe it was early just i had too much comedy and it, uh, examination of like tactile and mm. objective experiences where I just like spit on fucking tourist shit. I just, yeah. I get, I can't be there too long. I can't I, do I, it. I would honestly say that, that not specifically to tourism, but just experience in general. It is one of the things that comedians, we kind of fuck ourselves over because yeah. we can't, we can't s simply just enjoy something. We're looking for the Ugh. dumb things in it from jump. Let me, let, let me actually read yeah, yeah, what, keep going, keep what we have here just for anybody who's not uh, – hasn't read it in a while. So DFW does not understand what attracts people to these places, specifically the blue-collar tourist. Has never mm -hmm. understood throwing on flip-flops and driving the family into a locale to sample the local flavor that is by definition tarnished and diluted by your sheer presence as a tourist. By wanting to <laughs> Mary Lou, look at this. Like it's – sorry, keep going. Right. By wanting to experience the authentic local experience, you are destroying that experience by being another loud outsider butting in. 
he deduces that being a tourist is good for the soul in a grim sense. He finds touristing in your own country, in his experience, to be constricting and humbling in the hardest way. Quote, hostile to my fantasy of being a real individual, of lying somehow outside and above it all. To be a mass tourist, for me, is to become a pure late-date American. Alien, ignorant, greedy for something you cannot ever have, disappointed in a way you can never admit. Oh, I love that line. It is to impose yourself on places that in all non-economic ways would be better, realer without you. To confront a dimension of yourself that is in as inescapable as it is painful. As a tourist, you become economically significant, but existentially loathsome. An insect on a dead thing. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. In related very news, good. I'm planning to go to Wildwood, New Jersey this weekend. Yes. Where, uh, all that, that, that is one of the, I was thinking about this the other day because Wildwood was known as like, a young people oh. doo-wop town. <laughs> young people doo-wop town. <laughs> That's the first place the twist was ever played. Really? Yeah. Is that a true? Is that a fact? That is 100% true. It's well, the first place the twist was played. It was one of the first places rock around the clock. I think it was the first place rock around the clock was ever performed live. Wow. Well, we, that you know, a lot of that makes sense. Again, if you know the Wildwood song, do not sing it. I hate it. Well, well, you, uh, yeah. Please don't. God, it doesn't, it doesn't, it does not represent the now, like, no. you know, fucking t- terrible wife beater tattoo carnies that, that fucking yes. just obliterate that beach. But at the same time, I, those are my people. Like at the same time, yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I am a slightly, I am a touch more educated and just know how to hide my trashiness and just go look at those people, you know, like an asshole. But like, those right. are my people, really. You, you are, you are the slightly genetically differentiated bird where you you've developed a slightly longer yeah. beak to pull out the better worms of life but you're still a shit bird like the rest of oh them. absolutely still a crow i'm just like my nose got longer so my nose my <laughs> beak got longer um but uh yeah I, I i kind of agree with him in that grim sense i think he hits on something really there i he is hitting on the uh, uh eddie from the fucking like national lampoon's vacation movies like he's hitting on the the dumb fucking person that that's taking like again in a, in a country where you get to see like eddie uh, uh what is the great uh joke that um uh anthony Bourdain uh that one comic had about anthony Bourdain like he had the perfect job experiencing such crazy things that we got to see him enjoy and things things that we would never experience and he killed himself do you know what i mean like <laughs> Again, not my joke. Not my joke. I cannot remember the art, the the artist, uh, the the comedian at the moment. But um, so like yeah, like it's one of those things where you just go like right. And I don't like feeling like a tourist. I don't like. Whereas then you go to like Chinese, like Chinese or Japanese folks. Like that's a thing. I I used to see those tours all the time, and they're perfectly. They understand. Like no, I go on a tour, and then I do this, and there we go. That's how it works. I guess I don't know. Like see, I've always tried to get around it by uh, just not doing the touristy things, like. I, every place I have gone, every place I've traveled, I have always tried to go with pretty much just stay with somebody who lives there so sure. that I can be like an incognito piece yeah. of shit tourist. That like, the same. But th- there's just so many people that like, you know, oh, let's, you know, let's take a trip to the Grand Canyon. And then there's enough of those dickheads there that's like, yeah, let's go to the Bubba Gump Shrimp at the Grand Canyon. Like, you <laughs> fucking loser. What you, there is no ocean within 3,000 miles of here. Nothing can be good. But, right. Exactly. Ah, okay. DFW explains lobster season that in summer they tend to migrate into shallower water, making them easier to catch. Shredders. That's right. 
seeking out water temps 45, 50 degrees. They also molt their shells in the summer, which distinguishes hard shell and soft shell. Soft shell has recently molted and their new exoskeleton is not complete yet. Uh, goes into the process of the, of the boiling process. The process of the boiling process. Yeah, yeah, this is what it. my notes look like, yeah. I see and, you're, and you read better than I do, which is, again, still blowing my mind. Keep going. Yeah, and I'm reading things I wrote. I so wrote, like, yeah. oh, well, it was written confusingly by some yeah. idiot asshole who's uh, looking. That same idiot asshole that's always in my mirror. Um, uh, <laughs> so now we get to the meat, pun intended. Drops the little hint of a line, quote, a detail so obvious that most recipes don't bother to mention it is that each lobster is supposed to be alive when you put it in the kettle. That is lobster's big appeal. It's as fresh as possible without biting into the living thing. You look the living creature in the eye, sit your fat ass at a table while it is killed on your command and brought for you to devour within minutes of its untimely lobster death. Right. Eating metal, eating metal, eating lobster is pretty metal. I haven't done it in a while. By the way, when I mentioned to Perry what this article yeah. was about, she was furious that I did. Why didn't you ask me, the vegan, to discuss this fucking article? It's like, I, I didn't know well, that. Well, he, he doesn't make a point for it. If you, if you read, you know, the, read the article, he even says so. He goes, like, he's like, I'm not even, because he gets it when he gets into PETA. No, we're not there yet. But like, he, he doesn't give them like a case. Like he goes, he, I mean, he does. He kind of notes some points of just like, uh-huh. but then the, you hear him at one point, if I believe, you know, correctly, if I remember correctly, he, he says, he's like, hey man, like, I mean, I eat that. Like I eat that food as well. Like I want to eat what I want right. to eat. But at the same time, you have to think of like an entire fucking festival that is trying to skirt around the idea of like, you are definitely killing something on the spot. It may be climbing out of the pot to avoid death. And you're trying to be like, it's awesome. Also, fat Americans love pouring it butter on top of it and shoving it down their gut. And we pretend it's healthy. Like, he's hitting all the notes there. So, But right. I also don't think he gives it, like, a, yeah, I don't, a, a credence of, like, PETA, you know, the whole thing. Right. No, I don't think it does. It, it, it's uh, the, the whole thing is he's more – he's definitely taking the line of, like, it's fine if you decide that you still want to do this, but I mean, like, shouldn't we be talking about this? Like, this is oh, a yeah. new thing to just just push oh, yeah. away to to boil a fucking animal alive, and then five feet away, there's a guy with like, and I got rubber lobster claws, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, that's true. And he, I guess, that he does the comparison as well. I think soon after this, of like, uh, which I think some places have oh, like, the, the Nebraska the cattle. thing. Like, yeah, right, could, right, like right. could you imagine any kind of Nebraska farm festival where they bring the cattle to your table, kill it in front of your eyes, and then throw its meat on the plate right in front of you? Like, that wouldn't really, with the exception of a place like Japan, where they don't seem to mind that quite as much. Right. Yeah, um, I really, I think out of all of this, I love his back and forth. Like I really love his like, sitting in the gray and kind of being frustrated by the entire idea of the festival stating you guys should kind of see this with much more humility um, because they don't, I think you get that from it. He's like, this fuck like, dude, also I'm imagining all of this, all the people around him with like new England accents, <laughs> which is which, it's fucking Dorchester around here. You fucking, ah, get the fucking lobster over here. We're going to fucking shut you fucking get in there. Lobster. You fucking get in there. Like, so I'm picturing this guy, like, again, seeing just trash New England folks and just being like, you guys have no respect for these animals. I just, like, dude, I, I, I just imagine Southie fucking Boston people. Like, yeah, right. don't feel nothing. Let's hacky sack with the motherfucker. Uh, here we go. Up, up, up. Aim for the pot. Here it is. Up, up, up. 
Hack it in the pot. Ah, you cocksucker. Okay. Uh, you fucking cocksucker. He poses the true intended question. Is it okay to boil a sentient creature alive just to eat it? It's told by David Foster Wallace's cab driver that PETA was once a prominent dissenting voice at the MLF every year. They're still there every year, but it's become such old hat that the presence is no longer prominent. They've also become somewhat incompetent right. as this year's PETA representative was not only unnoticed by the author, but only appeared for one day during the annual parade on the other side of the pavilion, far away from the crowds. Uh, the cab driver gives DFW the common justification, the part of the brains that humans and mammals have to feel pain lobsters don't have. To quote DFW, this is incorrect in about 11 different ways. DFW admits he justifies eating animals and taking their lives in the process by simply avoiding thinking about the whole unpleasant thing. He also realizes the readers of Gourmet probably don't want their eating habits questioned, but he justifies it with the notion that if the entire purpose of magazines like Gourmet is people who are thoughtful about their food, it's hard to be more thoughtful about food than the pain of the creature that is about to be imbibed. But good justification. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah. Uh, I did like reading. I, I gave you an article to read after that was about the reaction to the article when it came oh, out. Oh, shit. That's no, okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I, I think it got really? like, it got something like 20,000 messages. in. It. Really? Oh, I'm not oh, surprised. Yeah. yeah, people wrote it. Some people absolutely hated it. Other pe- one guy wrote in saying... His entire screed about tourists should be written above the exit portal in every international terminal in the world. <laughs> That's true. It's not bad. Oh, dude, yeah, we have a blueberry festival where I'm from. Now, if we learned that That's blueberries right. screamed doing half the shit we do to them, dude, <laughs> which again, he tells us, oh, well, it's not screaming, it's air escaping from inside of the shell, like inside mm-hmm. their, their exoskeleton or whatever. Like, but still, if, they, if blueberries were like climbing out of Muppets, like as you're baking them, like, ah, ah. <laughs> like trying to get out dude <laughs> just like fucking get in there blueberry we would never we're monsters down there it's crazy um so i get it. i think i think he is i think he shows here we're like i'm siding with him i'm siding in his frustration i mean I, the problem with the article is like i just don't again with most of the things that david foster wallace apparently does i just don't know where he's landing he just kind of sounds like a frustrated dad walking around a fucking park with an encyclopedia <laughs> i mean that's, that's that's pretty much it the guy if anything i've noticed with the guy is that he seems to just refuse to take a stand or a strong opinion on anything i mean yeah. it, 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 a little a little paralysis by analysis it's like there's there's always there's always more information that could change my mind so if i make up my mind then i'll be wrong eventually if something changes so i'll just not stay away from the whole thing yeah it's uh what is it it's like the it's like the monkeys inside of a room eventually you'll write fucking shakespeare he kind of is just trying to throw fucking shit he's the way i do comedy he's just throwing garbage (laughs) at the wall until he hits something that's funny or so you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. And it's, I respect it. And I, 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 but a lot of times it's just like, there's moments in this, right? Where he, I think he even says, he's like, oh, this isn't going to get through the editor. He just says, he's just like, I, I'm sure this won't get through the editor. So it's fine. But I, I was waiting for him to be like, I don't want to fucking be here. Well, see, <laughs> the, 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 so this is the thing. This actually has a little bit of a shades of fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Because if, if, if people aren't aware, uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas, the whole that book started out as Rolling Stone, no, whatever. Some magazine paid right. for Hunter S. Thompson to go report on like a race car race in the desert in right. Las Vegas, and he just got really fucking drunk yeah. and high and fucked up the whole time. 
So it is kind of, this is a little bit gonzo journalism where, you know, he starts out just writing about like, this is what it was and this is what they had. But then it becomes more like his uh, individual don't... experience and taking yeah. it in a, in a meta aspect. Yeah, it turns into a column. Yeah. It turns into a personal column. Like, also, don't say gonzo. Anytime I hear gonzo now, porn has ruined it. I cannot think of gonzo. Which without... is funny because I almost feel I like... I don't know why they use it. I don't understand why they well, say it in that. Well, also, now that we're in the internet age, quote-unquote gonzo porn is irrelevant because gonzo porn specifically referred to, like, films or His VHSs. Nose. Oh, go ahead. Gonzo, oh. the character from The Muppets. Never mind. Okay. But do you know what All actual right. gonzo journalism is? No, I don't. That's what I'm wait, saying. Wait, wait. I don't know what it do means. You know, do you know what gonzo porn is? No. Well, no. I just see it as a term. I don't know. I always just oh. thought it meant like wacky. Oh, no, 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 no. Gonzo porn specifically was films that were, films that were pretty much just the fuck scenes. Like no plot, no acting, just fucking. Like, that's most porn now. That's exactly. like all the kind of, it's pretty much, yeah. Exactly. So that's oh. kind of, it, so it's kind of a moot term because well, because back because oh. you know how porn started. It started with the deep throats and uh, the the devil. Oh, sure, things stuff. that had narrative art. That was art. Exactly. Back then, and then once you got in the VHS era, then it was like you know we're spending all this extra money on writing. We could just right. film a fucking. fucking right. So. Okay, thank you for teaching me something else, David Foster Waltz. <laughs> so there you go. That is uh, and courtesy of Jesse Dream. The three Gonzos. So uh, details. What you no, no, I was gonna say, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering where you're at. Where are you at now? You're. Oh, uh, I'm at the de- details. Putting a lobster into the pot. Yes, I like this part. Yes. So, despite whatever stupor it was in, tends to come awake in the boiling water. You can hear it scraping the sides of the pot or attempting to prevent being put in. And this, I think, is the great take on this: is we can argue all day whether a lobster feels pain the way we right. think they do, but if instead of pain we look at preference. It is very clear by the option, uh, by the actions of the lobster, it really prefers to not be in that fucking pot, right. boiling to death, and is certainly acting as if it is in pain, whether it is or is not. That's um, a great point. Yeah, and whether the the high pitched sounds are steam or screams or whatnot, regardless, cooks are often unsettled by it, and the clanking death throws enough that they tend to wait in the other room with a timer. Right. This I found hysterical. Some cooks address this by trying to right. mercy kill the lobster first with a knife through the forehead, which right. seems to come from, uh, in America at least, we take a very Native American kind of look on that. It's almost kind of like, oh, yeah. kill the poor thing so it doesn't suffer. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah but, it's the Avatar. <laughs> That's a dumb scene in Avatar where they just, uh, it's like, give your body unto mine. <laughs> it's, ah. it's just like, yeah, 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 dude. I mean, we're just in a city in New York. We're just in a kitchen. <laughs> just fucking stab this thing and throw it in a pot. No one cares. But just the sheer fact that, again, this completely ignores the lobster's alien biology in that lobster's nervous systems, with us, exists in the brain. With lobsters, it exists in several clusters of ganglia along its underside. So, though it does, t- yeah, so pretty much this would be the equivalent of like, you wanted to say you wanted to take take a chicken out of its misery before killing it. Right. So you just stabbed it. So, yeah, so you stabbed in the ass. Like there you go, Mister Chicken. No more pain for you. No more pain. Well, I'm also thinking. You know why they just stab in the head? Because we think head. I mean, yeah, we're we're dumb. Yeah. Simple apples. Head, brain. But also. Think about the, like in a kitchen, you're gonna have to have a whole like dissecting table. Like you'd have to lay the lobster mm. out like this. <laughs> like we're, we're doing the fucking fetal pig in fucking high school, hold it down and like snip different. Now you're diffusing a bomb so that you just throw yeah. it in the pot. You know what I mean? Just like, let's just clip the red wire, clip that one. Oh, okay, now he doesn't feel anything. We're good. Like 
We don't have the time. Just kill it already. I know. It's well, it says here the things could be worse. Some impatient cooks microwave them alive. This blew my mind. Yeah, I could, I could see people. Dude, I had an ex. <sighs> I had an ex. You know what ex I'm I talking can't. about. Uh, that yes. fucking, she, she decided to cook for me one night. Uh, and this what? girl microwaved chicken. raw chicken. Dum-dums. Oh, Absolute dum-dums. You'd have to cook it. Also, God forbid what it would taste like when it finally, I don't even know if it can. We don't know if it can <laughs> um, actually be cooked through there. I don't know that to be true, but if it could, it would be in there for 45 minutes. And I imagine it would be considering microwaves absorb water or, yeah. or disperse that water. It would just be the driest piece of chicken you've mm -hmm. ever had. A husk. It was. It, that's it was. absolutely what it was. That makes sense. Um, in Europe, apparently they are known to be dismembered live and cooked in halves. Another sad fact. Oh my God. It, this is the one. This is the one that really gets to it. Is just showing how wrong the they don't feel pain thing. They might actually feel more because another sad fact is the lobster. Right. They don't have much sight or hearing, but instead mostly communicate through touch. Right. Something it seems highly unlikely could be possible from an animal that doesn't feel pain. And the little uh, metaphor I have here is. It would be like saying a clitoris or the head of a penis somehow feels all sexual pleasure, but not a sharp set of incisors on it. Right. Just, of course. Yeah. If, you're, yeah, if you're, there's a feel, that's just, ugh. The, the, uh, the, the argument that even someone, again, it comes from like the 70s up until probably the 90s and PETA and coming out, like the science, which was basically just guys in marketing rooms and in the, the lobster lobby, like trying to get past, like making everyone feel good about killing mm -hmm. animals. Mm -hmm. The sad part of this is like, PETA's kind of right. It's just not feasible for us to do all of the stuff. Like it's, but if we slowly decrease shit, probably wouldn't be as bad and mm -hmm. eat some more vegetables. Probably not the worst thing ever, but like, it's so great that it's, it's such a move when he's just like kind of just chopping it away at new England. Again, yep. this is like kids are running around. It's like, you know, dads are drinking beer and he's like, you fucking idiots. Fucking kill <laughs> Every five minutes, like, like in a pot someplace. Like, uh -huh. it's, sorry. Continue. Just, just, just the cacophony of lobsters boiling alive while like, oompa, like, Lapses done, kids. Lapses done. Uh, even worse, whereas humans make natural opioids that flood our system in times of intense pain, lobsters do not have this capability. This all adds up to the possibility that not only do lobsters feel pain, but may actually feel it far, far more than we are capable right. of. DFW posits the possibility that their experience of pain may be so radically different that pain isn't even the right word. Like some lobotomy patients who would report feeling pain but not disliking it or finding it distressing or trying to prevent it in any way. Right. Ooh, a whole new level of pain. That oh, sounds, sure. That sounds like, uh, it sounds like a tagline to an 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Well, this is why France eventually got rid of the, um, uh, uh, you know, the guillotine. Because eventually there was too many heads that actually they held up when it got into like the uh, 1800s. There was a famous incident. I can't remember who. Uh, oh, some... I know what you're talking about. The, the, the classic. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they had what? Which one? I think I'm talking about the head they held up, and then they slapped it, and it went <gasps> like yep. that. And yep. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy. So yeah. I mean, why are we think that lobsters don't feel pain in other ways? If our own heads clearly feel pain uh, far after what we consider death, like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I he's know. making points. He's making points. He's yeah. jabbing, dude. He's fucking. He's he's doing great.
doing great. So we're we're about to go very dark for this podcast, but you 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 and I hosted the Magical Misery Tour together, the podcast where people discuss life on funniest things. Best experience of my life, personally. I just pumped that podcast last night on another podcast I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, it might come back. But I was like, there's some great episodes there to go check out. Yeah. Hey, I'll be fine coming back to it at some point. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool. Well, anyway. Once my little event here is on. But uh, you and I have talked about the fact that I used to watch a lot of, like, gore videos. Specifically, mm-hmm. beheading oh. videos. Which, yeah. by the, it, what, not, not that I got jollies out of it. For me, it was... It's it was to the depths. Exactly. It, it was literally staring into the abyss. I'm, I'm terrified of death. So you're almost kind of prepping, like, if I ever, my whole thing is, if I ever get my head cut off, I'll know what to expect. Which I any, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Not, which any anxious person will tell you, it's just getting rid of the, of the thinking ahead. About your head being yeah. removed from your body. Thinking your head. Yeah, of course. Nice. Yeah. Well done. Um, yeah, dude, I still can't shake. I've been telling myself ever since you showed me that series of photos from that self-masochist. Ah, coldest, coldest yeah. in my heart. Yeah. Oh, ever since then, I've been like Photoshop. I can't. I can't <laughs> live. I can't live in a world where, because again, I just can't have it. I just can't. I can't do it. And that severe masochistic tendencies, which I think I should say, it's not even masochistic tendencies. Those are usually outwards. I think technically it would just be severe self harm tendencies. With, I mean, unlike I've ever seen, um, the fact that she, she, she must not have left the house anyway. This is sad. But um, yeah, I think he's he's hitting it there. I think. uh, But but before we get too far, the the specific thing I wanted with the beheading was that. Even having seen that, if I ever saw the description in a video about the head being responsive afterwards, right. I wouldn't watch it. Really? That, for me, that was, it's all so much horror already. And for me, that was just, that was a horror too far. I would have to watch it. Really? See, that for me would set, I never watched, to the credit of a lot of the I've never watched any of the beheading stuff really like never I just never it wasn't something I needed to see I think I got the point of it um yeah it's all once I'm good give it yeah, yeah I think I saw yeah I think I saw it once I was like yeah, yeah no, I got it I understand yeah they're gonna okay but then like if he said it it like yeah it went animator afterwards yeah. reanimator excuse re-animator. me it went reanimator afterwards I'd be like oh I'm gonna I might fast forward and then just see what happens and <laughs> get to the gush gush part uh yeah, yeah i would have to check it out dude. okay well, if it ever, well they're, we're gonna make lobster we're gonna make lobster after this okay i'm done with that uh dfw summarizes again that where pain is uncertain preference should be noted and lobster clearly does not prefer being boiled alive That's he true. makes the comparison as opposed to like a worm which is cut in half that the worm does not seem to be aware what have, what has happened or wish that he had not been cleaved in two. He just kind of goes about his things, only now as two separate worms. In addition to preference, you must factor in, they must be banded on the claws when held in captivity so they don't kill each other in the tank, which they do as the stress of unused cramped locations mm-hmm. they will strike out and kill each other. This is similar to the super cruel tendency of factory farm poultry being maimed and de-beaked so they don't peck each other to death in the anxiety and stress of living your entire life in a kill factory. It's really hard to eat meat sometimes knowing these things. 
everything we do as humans is just pushing downwards. Everything we do, consumption, consumption, consumption. We, we've never once, like there was a brief moment like in like the late 1700s when it kind of all equaled out where like there wasn't enough factories or even like kind of the idea of factories then. And it was just kind of like, you know, human beings were working and with the ecosystem in a lot of ways, as soon as chemicals started, it, we fucked ourselves. It was over. We're like, yeah, you just put that in the ground. Don't worry about it. That village is downstream. Like it just yeah. immediately started to fuck ourselves. Um, I don't know. Yeah. In terms of it, like a take, I just can't, I, these things are just like, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it makes sense. We are absolutely terrible things. Mm-hmm. We, I think it's the sugar coating that I think he would, if he was, if this was like a gruesome, european because i feel like a lot of european places and even like the Finns and like stuff like that they do these festivals but it's ugly and bad like it's you know what i mean like or it's like china where you're just like walking in an open wet market and just you know every t- five seconds just hear terrible noises I, I, I have seen terrible videos from china of fucking fucking dogs being hung, oh, hung and blowtorched alive the one yes that was the practice they did then throwing them off the truck for that time of season that they do whatever it is is some of the worst thing yeah like people freak the fuck out but we do this across all the board we do it across the board with all animals you know and again i'm making myself out like i was like i just had chicken today for lunch right. well, so i'm not like you know what i i think part i think the, the compromise us as human beings need to come come to terms with each other is if we could all just agree to think about it and feel a little shitty about it yeah it's that's the part because you and i i mean i've definitely been and you've been there you've been across the country and mm-hmm. i've been in some southern regions where it's like you know if you just realize like if you just if that played a part in your thing maybe we would maybe it wouldn't be as much meat and also it doesn't help with your diet anyway exactly. it's not the best thing for you so but but there's no remorse dude i think for for your own self thing that's like for, for their own self-interest, they you would never be able to confront that. That's like one extra thing. You, you're worried about your kid not fucking a cheerleader too young and getting pregnant. Like, you, you can't be like, yeah, no, the lobster's fucking screaming. All right, just leave it alone. <laughs> like, you can't. You just uh, can't even worry about it. The, the, the classic small America, like, you know, I got taxes to pay that are robbing me blind. I ain't got time to think about a lobster. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Right. Uh, DFW questions why these questions are considered in bad taste, considering the mm-hmm. magnitude they represent. Will future generations look at us the same way we look in disgust at Nero feeding men to lions <laughs> or Aztec human sacrifices? Well, he's being a bummer. He's being the guy at the fucking, like, at, at the orgy who's like, everyone got tested, right? Like, he's, right. you know what I mean? Like, he's definitely <laughs> popping smoke. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, continue. But no, no, he, he is be, he, he's being that dickhead. But then again, when so much like in any history class one of the first things you realize as a young child is like oh wow people back then were stupid and then you become an adult and then your kids say wow you guys were stupid like that is just all of human history is just fucking up looking back and saying oh it wasn't that fucked up and then every now and again you were like the fucking fascist and then we're like it wasn't that fucked up it's going fine and then everything writes itself. Yeah, that's how well, you forget how easy that system can be thrown off. Because, yeah, it's like, oh, so many, so many generations can make errors over and over again. But eventually that shit catches up to you if you don't keep yourself in check. And then, hello, 2020. How are we? Yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, I think we're seeing, like, modernization of, like, 
mini dark ages. And what I mean by that is that, uh, like, okay. dark ages as we think of them now really don't make a lot of sense because because the real thing with dark ages is like also jesse black lives matter just calm down with all the dark ages stuff i really don't prefer that kind of talk here it's really (laughs) not nice sorry continue dark ages matter um (laughs) but but yeah one one of the issues being uh like oh yeah it was like ancient rome where they first discovered how to make concrete and then civilization just fucking forgot it for a thousand years true um, yeah in the technological boom we've seen in the last 150 years in this country and across the world, we, it is so alien to think that things can go backwards when we just see things on an ever-rising slope. But I, I feel like the modernization of that is like every 20 or so years, a huge swath of the population who's been pissed off about shit changing who just pulls the rein on fucking civilization as a whole back and goes, sure. no, we're staying here for a minute. And then things progress again. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I'm definitely there's the probably the one. It's not even a conspiracy theory, but when um, literary scholars and stuff like that, I'll mention like Chomsky and stuff, kind of mentioned that consumerism is kind of dependent on uneducated, uninformed people who kind of live precarious lifestyles. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of get, wouldn't it be kind of, it would make sense why companies, again, just look at any car commercial. I think Chomsky uses that example. Mm. There's not a mention of what the car can even do right. <laughs> anymore. Like maybe you see that in a truck commercial every once in a while when they were like, yeah, now the bed goes down, but there's steps. Oh yeah. Because like, it's because every once in a while. Because every shit kicker in the country thinks they're like, well, I'll surely have to carry 3000 pounds of material somewhere at some point. So- I'm an accountant, by the way. But yeah, still, yeah. you know, you got gotta have a Ford or a Chevy in this town. Mm, that's the way it goes. Um Yeah, half a mile to the gallon. Rub uh, it on me. Yeah. Oh, I love the excuse and people gas is cheap right now. You'll have the car for longer than it's cheap, you dipshit. Like, what's wrong with you? What if it goes up? We don't know. Yeah. Oil's a tough time. But uh yeah, man, I think I think you're right. But are we going to be able to last? That's why I think I like a lot about this article because he's kind of like screaming at the sky, you know, like here's all the problems. Here's why I don't think it's a problem that I mention them. Here's here's the the, the frivolity, uh, uh, you know, in 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 this whole experience in tourism and that as a whole and like how uh, uh, kind of you know just in, inconsequential it feels. And as we keep going, I bet you if he was alive today, if he didn't kill himself, what, 2008? Yeah. He would kind of start writing and just be like, we're not going to make it. Like, we're all just keep acting like nothing is happening. And it's, mm-hmm. it looks bad. See, it's funny. He's actually taken, he's taking the line that a, a lot of dipshit conspiracy theorists use today, even though this is obviously different. But just the, infi- but this person is always infuriating when they're the ones like, I'm just asking questions. Oh, Sure. Yeah, but they're but the questions are always the worst. Like if you hear, you guys will recognize this immediately. The questions are like, I don't know, man, but like, what if the any type of pe- pick a pick a race? What if those people probably didn't have our intelligence, man? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. Yeah. Like it's just like you're asking a question is founded on nothing and implying a swath of information. Yeah, like, like I mean, like, are they even really humans? Should they be allowed to vote? I'm just asking questions. Man. I'm just asking some questions here, man. I don't know. Yeah. Dogs should be edible. I mean, China, right? I don't know. I'm asking questions. Like, I don't yeah. know. I'm a truth seeker, all right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a sheep. Do, oh, this I'm is not the next one. By the way, this what? is the next one. They say, do your own research. Yeah. Do your own research on 
on unresourced right wing websites yes. that, <laughs> that that have a picture of Donald Trump in the fucking masthead. Yeah, yeah, typically. Typically okay. that's how it goes. CB one news. Law and enforcement today. That's been a nice mm-hmm. one lately. People posting that like, Ooh. but surely if, if the unbiased boys at, at LAET, I mean, God. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is all like trickled out news from uh, um, uh, consortiums of like think tanks that like put out news stories to make sure like, oh, well, they put out something. We have to put out something and we'll just push it. So funny. Great. Diamond Fossil Wallace would lose. Oh, yeah. He Man. actually did and killed himself. There you go. There hmm. you go. Couldn't make okay. it. Uh, he admits his own rejection is based solidly that animals are less morally important than humans, but that his only real reasoning for that is selfish because one, he prefers to eat meat, so he wants to not think about the morals of it so he can continue to do that. And two, he has not succeeded in working out any kind of ethical system that would truly be defensible as opposed to selfishly convenient. He insists he does not want to come off as shrill. He's just confused. If you think this is all a dumb argument, well, why? What makes it feel okay to you, the reader, to dismiss the entire thing? Do you think about your own reluctance to think about it? If you're a real gourmet, isn't being extra thoughtful about food the whole point? DFW finally concedes that these questions, quote, lead into such deep and treacherous waters that it's probably best to stop the public discussion right here. There are limits to what even interested persons can ask of each other. Nice ending. Nice ending, especially he keeps bringing the idea of shallow and deep water from the actual, yeah. you know, from the actual lobster behavior into the from thing. the motif, right, right, yeah. Which, and I, I read that in the follow-up article, something I love that he mentioned the the old uh, frog in the pot thing. Right. They said if you put a frog in a pot at cool temperatures, slowly bring it up. Yeah, and slowly bring it up, it won't realize that it's boiling to death. Which that is kind of what he did in this article. It's like we're at the Maine Lobster Festival and everything's fun and this is how lobsters are. Isn't it sure. weird we kill them? Hey, I'll get back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Really, I didn't actually didn't put that together with the frog. I didn't realize the whole article. Oh, but also I just felt like he was becoming more and more frustrated. So again, yeah, in that way, I guess yeah, right. you can all those lines in between them. That in the frustration of the article. And his reasoning for asking questions or being perturbed by, again, just talking about, like, why would these questions be even bad to ask? Um, all all coming to a boiling point like they would with a frog. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. So that's the whole know, article. Um, this yeah, is good. Yeah. The reaction, so the reaction article was, like, a lot, like, tons of people, they grabbed on the tourist thing, they liked that. How many people were, like, fucking vitriol? Like, they thought that that was the... I, I think they said they got 20,000 correspondences. It seemed like it was like three quarters were like, why the fuck did you guys let him do this? Right. And the other quarter was like, this was great. I, I like this a lot. And mm. I, this also, this might've been 2004. This might've been one of the first instances of uh, what we see a lot these days. Of It, it was almost like a, like a clickbait article Yeah. of like, no, nobody's going to be so angry. They're going to cancel their subscription, but mm. it's going to raise such a stink that like, the people who hate it are still going to seek it out. Right. So. Yeah, I, I dug it. I mean, this one won me over um, in multiple points. Uh, uh, and because at first I was just like, all right, man, you know, of course he's going through. I'm like, all right, this is like a, uh, oh, what do they call it? You know, a little bit of a, I was like, I'm surprised he's writing a fluff piece one. Right. Like, yeah. And then as soon as he starts mentioning, like, like this isn't, the editor's going to just pull all this and I hate everything. Uh, I, kind of, kind of, I was just like, all right, man, I like this. I like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's frustration in that. Um, 
So, but I still can't condone Infinite Jest in any way, but I can see how he, his writing a little bit of, of the style. You can definitely see like, yeah, this writer gets frustrated. He tries to compensate with information and then wants to, yeah, to your point, he, like you said it, he was just like paralysis because of analysis. He's going to be like, what if this changed my mind? I'm going to throw this point and this point of view and this point of view and never get anywhere. Um, but I love the little chef hat he put at the end. He was like, boop, he yeah, put a tiny great. little chef hat uh at the end there yeah i, I really dug it i appreciate uh, it, it, it would have been such a dickhead hilarious move if he had just and if he'd ended the article with bon appetit right oh that would have been good <laughs> oh why didn't he do that oh come on man I don't know. it's a little bit more funny just a little bit more funny if david foster wallace is a touch bit more it would be much more interesting to read if he was a touch and leaned I'm, in a little bit more I will say people talk about Infinite Jest and David Foster Wallace like, oh, he was so funny, but it's such a specific type of humor. It, it, you know, yeah. it, it, the, the reason we think the Bon Appetit thing would be funny and he would have never thought of it is he wasn't like a mischiefy kind no. of funny. Like that's a, that, right. that's, a, that's a dickhead little thing to do. Like, oh, I totally pissed you off. Uh, yeah, have fun. Fair. Whereas he really is more like, nah, it's more about like, you know, I, I find comedy by like putting light on the shadows. It's like, okay, okay right. I, I got you. Yeah, you I guess. I don't know. It's a fucking main lobster festival. Dude. <laughs> if there was ever a time to fucking kind of throw in a little jab there, uh, I think that was the point. But um, yeah, thank you, man, for letting me read it. I really, I really liked it. I don't know. There's no like closing notes. If anything, I think this is a long literary piece that I'd love to punch up. Uh, mm. um, but uh yeah let's, let, let, let's do a part two let's let's edit this and restack it yeah, yeah i think we should restack it it's gonna be good um but this one i did like like he at first because again i've only gone listen to some of your podcasts and things like that and then talking with you i can't i can't do it i can't do it oh, i, won't, for, I can't for, read it for, for the listener Neil, oh, sorry I, well no no just for the listener when I started the Infinite Jazz podcast, I was a bit more vitriolic, like, yeah, sure. fuck this guy, etc. But then I realized, oh, well, my real audience for this podcast is people who actually kind of like the guy or are trying for the first part. Sure. So Neil has instead become my real world receptacle for when I am so fucking <laughs> frustrated with this book. Well, I know this is this is a footnote podcast, so I won't, I don't want to get into it at all. But I would say that I can see how a writer like this could write a book that's 1100 pages and kind of, again, like I said, throw a lot at the wall mm -hmm. and not use like the tenets of like respecting the reader or giving the reader breaks and just, you know, kind of abusing the reader and him thinking again, that it's, he's doing us a justification. Like he's doing us some kind of good. Cause there's notes in here where it's like a describing preference. Again, that kind of helps. There's, but again, like we said, with the six, the tourist one, like, you know, that's great. But also clearly knowing that that's going to be butting up right against with what his job is supposed to be doing there. So it's, it's a thing of, I could then kind of frame this out of like, oh, given a fictional story, this guy is going to plaster with like, more is better. I'm going to hit something eventually. And then I'll pull out something. And then we know I maybe don't pull it out. Right. <laughs> and, I, I, I told you the book is 1100 pages long. Its original draft was 800 pages longer. Longer, right. Yeah. I, 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 at one point, though, is it, I, you know, the conceptual idea of the book is half the point. 
Right. Because that's, that's the thing I still find. Uh, it gets my chest all tight. Yeah. gets the chest all tight. And I want to go. I want to rip off my chest. I can't do it in terms of like, again, because it's, it's like, you know, if we knew, if I knew now how much the, if you knew now even, how much people were going to talk about the idea of the Matrix on the internet. Oh, being God. Real, before you watch the movie. Yeah. You wouldn't want it. You'd be like, that's fucking stupid. Like, right. that sounds dumb. Again, to the point here, it's like half the concept there is just like, oh, look what I wrote. I did 1,100 words and, you know, blah. like and I, there's 45 footnotes about like nothing. You know, well, there's more footnotes than that. But uh, right. anyway, sorry. Went on a rant there. That's okay. But uh, I think that is the podcast. So, dude, know, thank you for having me on, dude. I appreciate yeah, it so much. I want you on there. That's it. I've had trouble getting people for the main podcast just because I've had a few comics on who – They've read the chunk of the book, but they have none of the context of what comes before or after it. That's got to be tough. Yeah. Like our, our, yeah. our friend uh, Drew Thomas actually asked me if he could be on. I told him, like, dude, you have to read an 1,100-page book. I wouldn't do that to you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. the, the, the appeal of the footnote series is I can get some people on who I know are entertaining, that I have a rapport with, that are mm -hmm. very funny. And maybe next time I'll be able to find one of them. But thank you for being the stand-in for this episode. Ah. And I a stinker. Ah. You little stinker. Ah. Oh, oh, I wanna go. <laughs> I wanna leave. <laughs> uh, we'll do it again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a this pleasure. Great to have taking you, away man. from my work time. This is great. I love being here. And dude, hey, you look like you, you know, aren't dying, so that's good. Uh, I actually got a blood test back yesterday and my platelet levels are low, so I might have Oh, you are dying. Okay, cool. Yeah. There we go then. Oh yeah, yeah. good. Thank you. Anyway. Uh, I'd love for your listeners to come over to the Nerds of the Words podcast. So thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's right. Nerds of the Words podcast. That is uh, Neil Wood Comedy and at, what was it? At oh, I am Neil Wood. Like, yeah, I am Neil, Neil Wood Comedy or I am Neil Wood. Got Either it. one. All right. Well, I am going to stop recording, but you and I can talk for a second. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. <laughs> See ya.